So, this is our uh, third attempt at starting a podcast. Or you know what they say, if you just keep trying, you probably will succeed. So, yeah. what's the, the quit smoking ad? The more times you quit, the more likely you are to succeed. So the more time you start a podcast, the more likely you are <laughs> okay. to actually stick with one. Oh dear, good time. So, I mean, what's been happening? Give us an update. So, we are just rolling on with our women's gym, basically. We've got our online system all set up and good to go after COVID. Um, And yeah, just really enjoying the process, I guess. Yeah, so just a little introduction. Ellie is my cousin. Mm. She owns a CrossFit slash functional training we're going to call it a box or are we going to call it a gym? Yeah, gym studio. We usually yeah. say studio actually now. Yeah. A bit of marketing there. but <laughs> A very nice studio. Yeah. Uh, it's a bigger studio mm. uh, in Brookvale in Sydney. Uh, Tone's been open for five years now? Yeah, five years now. Wow. Yeah, I know. Crazy. Yeah. I don't know and where so, that time's gone. I mean, I guess as with everyone during the sort of COVID period pandemic, you had to shut down last yeah. year in 2020 and... And had to move a little bit more online. Yep. So we, I mean, I guess it's definitely not as bad here as kind of the US and other places around the world. Like we're really lucky in Australia to be an island and we don't have any COVID cases at the moment. So everything's pretty much open. Like you can walk around in the shopping malls without a mask on if you don't want to wear one it's It's fine it's crazy (laughs) to me because i literally just last week got out of quarantine so i was Mm. in canada for the last six months and literally just got out of quarantine and i'm like wow like well i mean like it was a bit silly of me to leave like when everything was opening up last year in august but yeah being in canada and just you know having to wear masks into the gym into the shopping centers coming back here is just it's crazy mm. to sort of see like everything open. Again. Yeah. I mean, the difference now we have in the gym is just like checking temperatures on arrival. We wipe everything down. We socially distance, but yeah. it's really not, <laughs> really not that different to kind of like there's added few things, but in terms of, you know, and we do a toe tap instead of a high five type thing, you know, oh, really? <laughs> just, yeah, 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 it's all That's toe taps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess it just kind of stuck after we were like, okay, we better not high five anymore. Oh um, but just small things like that, but otherwise like relatively unaffected in Australia, which has been great. We've been able to add an online system, which is like live online classes, which has been really fun. Um, and just really good for people that, you know, can't make it to the gym. They just jump online, um, like physically into the gym for whatever reason. Um, and also we have, you know, clients from Melbourne, Central Coast, like all these different places around Australia now, which is pretty cool. That's so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. I mean, definitely, you know, COVID was a hard time, a lot of pivoting, especially, you know, for me as well, like I was, you know, meant to be uh, traveling to, you know, over 47 cities last year um, mm. during COVID and, and teaching sort of in person. And now, you know, that sort of had to go online. So, you know, in a couple of ways, it sort of taught us a lot of things. It, it you know, was really hard. But let's sort of go back five years. Um, mm. I mean, you know, I sort of saw it all as it was all sort of starting. But, you know, I think starting a gym and starting, you know, a business even is something that's not talked about a lot in terms of, um, you know, and especially a female gym and all 
women's gym. What, I guess, I mean, what sparked the interest or the, you know, the dream to open a facility like this? Yeah, so I kind of went through my own journey of, um, as a woman, coming out of some pretty, you know, I was I would say I was pretty harsh on myself as a teenager, you know. Um, I thought that my body was shit. I couldn't understand why I couldn't lose weight, even though, like, if you saw me when I was that age, you'd be like, why? Yeah, um, like yeah pretty much. Yeah, pretty much everyone at that age. Um, and, you know, I just had really low kind of a negative, well, low self-esteem and negative um, thoughts about my body. And um, I guess it started to really impact you know, um, my day to day, you know, I was really upset about, like I always thought about food and like, can I eat this? Can I not? And when I didn't eat things that I thought I should be eating, I was obviously terribly upset and had a lot of shame uh, attached to that. So the journey from kind of that person and like spending hours doing cardio on the treadmill and like, I don't know, uh, on the elliptical and stuff like that to being able to like lift weights, do pull-ups, um, you know, in being empowered in, in strength training. That kind of transition took place around my early 20s um, or like kind of 18 to let's say 21. And then I think I did personal training, like I became a personal trainer when I was 20 um, and then opened the gym like two years later. So it was a pretty quick um, change from doing strength training. I was pretty lucky to have good coaches and people that supported me in terms of I started getting muscles and everyone was like oh that's pretty cool mm-hmm. I started getting fitter there were some people that weren't like that but that's okay yeah. you're always gonna um, end up with people that have a difference of opinion but just learning to kind of come into my own and understand that you know we're capable of so much more than just worrying about you know what we look like and those little things like oh do, like do I have stretch marks or do I have Um, fat on my stomach or arms or whatever cellulite all that kind of stuff at the end of the day like if you're capable strong fit healthy and you feel good like I think that's just the pinnacle of what you want to strive for it's not necessarily aesthetic the aesthetic's nice awesome go for it but you know at the end of the day if you're feeling good about yourself and eating good food and enjoying the process I think that's what I decided really mattered in my life and it's what made me happy as well yeah and so did that sort of inspire you to like did you have clients that inspired you to open your own facility and yeah so we I guess the big thing that I saw was there was kind of no one really talking about that to women um and or and especially like that those years ago like it's been quite a big transition now in terms of popular culture seeing like strong women think like you know the CrossFit games and um you know fitness has changed a fair bit even in that short amount of time and it's more uh seen in the in the um main media now like women with muscles but back then everyone was really worried about getting oh I don't want to train strong because I'm going to get bulky and stuff like that So I think we just wanted to create a space which was really nurturing and empowering for women so that they could, you know, see what their bodies are capable of. There was no judgment. Um, It wasn't all about aesthetics. It was more about like what can you do in the gym and let's empower each other to be awesome and better and, and basically love our bodies for what they are and what they're capable of. Yeah, I really love that. And like training 
over the years, like training at Tone and the way that, you know, the community has come together. I think the community is the biggest thing. Mm. Like, you know, we have a lot of, you know, especially through COVID now, a lot of people have transitioned to online, but there was a lot of online happening, um, you know, beforehand. But I think just, you know, getting back to that gym community and actually, you know, interacting with people, I think is is great and the support that the women give each other mm. as well it it just really adds to the enjoyment of training mm, yeah I think as well and you know not everyone's the same some people prefer training alone some people prefer training at home some people prefer you know and you've got that option for people as well um so in terms of crossfit or like what sort of inspired you more sort of on the CrossFit side of things um, as opposed to, say, you know, other forms of training? Yeah, I think for some re- reason I really love um, just the really hu- – like the tough <laughs> workouts where you, like, literally can't Suck breathe. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> um, but I think that side uh, appeals to me. Like, I do love the technique side of things. Like, I love being able to clean and jerk and snatch – Um, I love being able to do the gymnastics side of things. I feel like for me, CrossFit kind of had it it all, you know, there was so many different elements to keep you interested. You know, I did um, Olympic lifting for a little while, which is just clean and jerk and snatch. And, you know, it's it's great to get the technique right. But at a certain point, like it's just the set, it's very lots of repetitions. And I do like that kind of variety where you're able to like put any type of movement in a workout and just see... (laughs) see what happens I guess that's yeah. kind of the fun the fun part and then test yourself and see if you can actually go faster or lift that heavier weight I think um, I think it's a really cool combination of different elements of fitness that they put you know all together um, and that's that's kind of what's fun about it and you know when you train something you get better at it like it becomes a bit of your jam and that was yeah, yeah it's kind of like my jam I just yeah really loved that type of training yeah I love that like it's definitely like a skill like it's mm. there's such a skillful component and there's a skillful component to any sort of yeah for any training sport. and exercise I mean like I've definitely dabbled in a few different like the strength training realm and then like the bodybuilding realm um, and so yeah there's definitely different components to different skills and it, it's it takes finding, I guess, what you love and what you are passionate about um, improving in that's going to maintain your fitness mm. long term, right? So yeah. like, if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to maintain it long term. Yeah. I think progression and develop like progression and developing yourself is really important and that kind of goes I mean I think you probably talk about this a lot um it goes for any kind of area in your life whether it's like your finances your business um even like if you just got a regular nine to five your job um it might be your kids whatever it is like you want to kind of be learning and developing that area um you know I've spent the last probably eight to nine years developing skills in CrossFit it's paid off pretty pretty well I think I'm pretty fit and strong yeah, um, done a few competitions. <laughs> done a few competitions. What would you say has been your biggest achievement in terms of CrossFit? I mean, in terms of like uh, the competitions we've done is obviously going to regionals with teams. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, they're probably like the the highlight points of my CrossFit career. <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously being able to kind of keep up and do 
the training, even running a business at the same time. Like I think that was quite challenging um, to try and juggle both. <laughs> but I'm pretty happy that um, they both turned out pretty like pretty well, which is good. Um, I think that uh, going back to kind of the progression talk, you know, um, the thing that I did love about doing or do love about doing CrossFit is there's always something more you can do. And it's the same with any, like it's the type of program that we try and um, give to our clients is to make sure that they're always progressing. You know, you're always learning like a different or a better way to lift, always learning a different movement, always learning a way to do something more efficiently or faster. You know, there's always something you can kind of get better at. And that's what keeps people interested. That's what keeps people motivated. Um, and you will have like peaks and troughs and lulls and stuff like that. And that's absolutely fine. But as long as you're kind of interested in, you know, making sure that you're always getting better over that long period of time, I think that's what um, will always keep you coming back. Yeah, I love that. Like, I love the the talk about progression and actually, um, I actually came up with my own sort of, syst- not a system, but like my own sort of points for progression, mm. which like I think it's really clever because it <laughs> actually all rhymes. And so, you know, those are going to be pattern, precision, and then power. So, you know, a lot of people just think that doing more, lifting more is always the only way that you can pro- progress, like always just doing, doing, doing more. Um, whereas like if we sort of break it down, you know, we can break it down into patterns so you can always improve your form. Like mm. you can always, and you know, we could relate it back to business as well. And I want to, I want to touch on that a little bit after this is like how you, you know, how you've progressed in your business from five years ago to now and how you sort of learn, like what you've learned along the way, because I think that's really valuable for some people to learn. Um, you know, the people listening to this are going to be my AWPT coaches and students and they all probably have you know well they definitely have their own like their own whether it's online or in-person coaching business and they are going to be you know their own um basically your own walking business card and sort of you know you have to improve your on your own business but going back to um the the progression model you know pattern you know making sure that form and that technique is 100 percent. that's going to be one of the first things you want to focus on before we start loading up so we're not going to go into any sort of you know injury risk or anything like that the second one is going to be um precision so working on that so you know you're developing your skill while you're working on pattern you're you're learning a new skill uh then you go into precision and it's like that practice like practice 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 over and over and over again like um you know you get it 100 percent right and then power that's when you can start loading up that's when you can start sort of start taking off putting in the work um and really you know making it you know fast like going far like Hmm. crossfit you have to go fast but if you go fast without pattern (laughs) and precision you're gonna hurt yourself you're gonna be injured (laughs) yeah like you you if you overstep those marks you're setting yourself up for failure so it, it is a process and i think it's something that um you know as coaches as well we need to go through the process of seeing people in person we need to go through the process of getting our eyes on more and more clients helping more and more clients getting more and more experience before we sort of step over into you know for example going online or something like that 
um, where it's going to be a lot more difficult to create relationships mm. with your clients uh, because it is online. It's not face to face, you know, looking at videos and picking out those those. I guess, breaks in technique and things like that. So I think that's something that's, you know, really important. Like you said, in all stages of life, like training definitely, I think, you know, there's a lot of overlap Mm. that goes into into things in life as well. I think training is easy to see that, whereas for maybe some people it's harder to look at like, oh, what, like, what do you mean by that if you apply it to like finance? Or what do you mean by that if you apply it to my relationships? Like it doesn't really like click whereas training it's really easy to see like oh if I like do step a then step b will happen and then I'll reach step c but if you were to apply that to say let's let's go with business um you know there's certain marketing techniques that you need to start to learn and read about and you you know start to build your knowledge base about things and then you probably got to try a few things to see if it works and you know you might do some things they might flop you might do some things they might succeed and then it's just about kind of scaling and really nailing those things and honing on those those things that work for you in terms of, you know, marketing for your business and, and what's getting you people coming in um, and what's getting you those those clients through the door. So, um, you know, refining things like your message or refining things like your marketing practices, that takes time to learn. Mm. Like you got to learn, build the knowledge, get, get the knowledge base, um, get the information, try different things and then once you've got a system that really works that's your power phase you just repeat and scale love that so let's dive a little bit more into the business side of things because i mean you know you've had the experience five years down the track what i guess were some of the biggest learning experiences that you've had along the way from you know starting tone to now probably that i would say the biggest thing that i've learned I'll give you two things. One is that habits will really shape whether you succeed or not. Yeah. Can we dive into Long that? term. Yeah, I, we can. I know that, you know, we've spoken about this before on, you know, we did a few IGTVs and things mm. like that and they were really well received. So for our, uh, for our coaches, like let's go through like the habit loop system because, you know, I think you were probably one of the first people to introduce that to me and it's really sort of stuck with me as well. Yeah, cool. So I suppose if you want to think of everything that you do in a day, it's probably most of it will be based off habits. And so you have something called a habit loop and what it is, is basically it's the habit that you do. But it's just, cons- it's what it is, is it's to conserve energy because your brain takes up a lot of <laughs> A lot of energy for your body. Yeah, something um, like 20% of calories yeah. per day or something like that. It's, it's quite large. So it's it's really smart, your brain. So what it does is if you have things that you do every day, it puts you in a habit loop. A good example, which I always think of, is, is when you're driving somewhere that you drive all the time and then you like wake up and you're like, was I just driving? Like yeah. that's you in a habit loop because you're just doing it. It's in your subconscious and it's just, you're just rolling through the motion. It's kind of like putting your brain on like autopilot so it doesn't have to like do a lot. So you do all the, and so you might do lots of habits kind of like unconsciously. And what we find is bad habits are really easy to form because you're going to get a short term gain from them. And good habits are quite hard to form because the gains come later. And obviously we all want that short term reward. We don't want, yeah, why would we have to wait for it? Um, But 
uh, what we do want to try and do in a lot of instances in business or in your training is do the is try and create those good habits so that we can have the the gains later you know things like say in your training you know you've got to make sure that you're eating certain foods and avoiding other foods if you're trying to you know cut or if you're trying to gain muscle um so you might forego the the cheesecake for, for something for a healthy option even though you might really want the cheesecake mm-hmm. but if we fall into the habit loop of always having cheesecake it's quite hard to break because you know you'll finish dinner and then the signal for you to have your cheesecake is to finish dinner mm-hmm. and then you'll just jump onto that loop and then it's almost subconscious that you're like just getting out that cheesecake and having it and then obviously the reward is that it tastes really good yeah. <laughs> so it's quite a hard habit to to break so um, ideally like if you're doing something like that a really good way to kick it would be to have your dinner in a different spot because then you're not going to kick the habit loop or start the habit loop of, of eating the cheesecake or get rid of the cheesecake completely and, and not buy it but you've got to look at what the the habit loop of buying the cheesecake is yeah the trigger sort of is mm, yeah. yeah yeah great I love um uh, talking about habits and, and mindset with you as well so going back to the two things so creating habits in your day and in your business mm-hmm. what are the biggest sort of habits that you think or habit loops that have helped you the most so they just I would say in business like a lot of the systems that you have are like the habits that you that you that you have. So if you can create good systems, um, I'm pretty big on like checklists. So like I have my marketing checklist, I have a sales checklist, I have a delivery checklist, and it's pretty easy um, and a team checklist. It's pretty easy for me just to tick off those things and not really think about um, okay what do I have to do today? Like they're kind of like the non-negotiables to make sure that the business is running well. And then you have time to think about, okay, how, what kind of direction do I want the, the business to kind of go in? So um, you want to have systems that allow, like create systems that allow you to have good habits and be able to follow them very, very easily. Um, I would say that's probably like the, the big thing in, in, in creating these habits is, you know, set aside time to, to create the system so that you don't have to really think about it and the habits just come automatically. Yeah. And there's obviously things like sacrifice, like, you know, we're working on a Saturday, obviously it's fun work, but, <laughs> <laughs> but we're still here, you know, doing these types of things to help kind of grow and build uh, names and business, which is really important. Um, so, you know, I think if you're in your first kind of year or two of business, like you probably will have to work Saturdays and, yeah. um, you know, do all those things that are, are relatively new and different to you if you're in that learning phase and, and going on. Yeah. And I think, I mean, definitely, you know, with us, especially when you do what you love, it doesn't, mm, really, it's not as bad. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily feel Mm. like work like you know it's going to be Sunday tomorrow and I'm still going to work like Mm. it's it's something that's just a lifestyle now yeah exactly I mean that's definitely the bonus of kind of opening your own business and and doing something that you have a passion for is that it doesn't necessarily feel like work all the time Um, but there are certain things that you probably learn to make your business work that you might have to do which you don't necessarily love that much um you know I don't love Instagram but Mm. like I know that it's just a really good tool to get my message out there and that's you know at the end of the day I'm here to kind of help people and empower women so 
you know, I'm, I'm happy to give away lots of like free resources and, and help women in any way I can. Um, but, you know, taking photos of myself and, you know, posting them up, it's not like my natural, I'm used to it now, it's a habit now. Yeah. So that's fine, but it's not like something that I would naturally gravitate towards. Yeah, 100%. It's definitely something that I've struggled with in the past. And, you know, like I'm sure a lot of the coaches listening as well struggle with, um, the, the whole social media side of things. It's definitely something, and the biggest advice that I can give on this is definitely something that takes practice and it mm. is habit again. And, you know, going back to, um, you know, things that you have to do for your business, there's a lot of mindset as well around that, like not having to work on a Saturday, but getting to work on a Saturday mm. and things like that. And, um, you know, my um, AWPT mentors, social media is definitely something that we work towards in the mentorship. It's something that, um, you know, once you sort of get into that habit of, you know, whether it be doing a face to camera, like I hated it. Absolutely hate it. I was like, it's not me. I can't do it. But you can and, you know, start off, you know, I tell the girls, like, start off with doing a and a People are asking you questions. You're an expert, you know, and then they can – and it gives you practice in talking and it also gives, um, you know, gives some information and some, you know, free information. You're helping people by answering their questions as well. So, you know, starting with, you know, practicing with that sort of stuff and then, you know, progressing to, I guess – it is sort of like that self-limiting belief. It's like, you know, I don't, I don't have the look or I don't have the following or it's going to take so long or I'm too late to the game sort of thing. Yeah. You don't necessarily need a large social media following to be successful and to make money. Like a lot of people have smaller followings, but they have really, really loyal customers. And if you nurture your loyal customers, I mean, how many um, how many members do you have here at Tone now? We have like 120 in the gym, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, loyal customers, right? Like this, I, I come back, I, go, I leave and I go overseas and I come back and I see the same people here and they're loyal mm. and you know, that's what you want. You want to create that nice, you know, you don't want to have this big sort of, you don't necessarily need to have this big turnover for an online coach, for example, or even an in-person coach, you know, like 30 really loyal clients gives you a really nice income. Mm. So, you know, it's not necessarily um, something that you need to keep growing and growing and growing, um, but just nurture the people that you do. Mm. You do it does matter a lot, um, you know, I think whether the people that you're uh, in your following, like it matters what percentage of those are paying customers. Yeah. Just because you have a hundred thousand people on your Instagram, if like you know twenty of those are paying customers, like it's mm. not a good percentage. If you have exactly. you know two thousand followers, but you know sixty of those people are paying you, like that's a that's good. Yeah, and, and I mean, think about like oh, I've been through this lately. Like, and you would be a really good person to talk about this with is is thinking about what you're sort of posting. So I've gone through this big thing where, you know, I never really posted pictures like of my body or like, um, you know, those really sort of, you know, you see a lot on social media. Again, the ones that get the likes, you know, the booty pics and the half naked shots. And it's like, what is the line? Like, what is your audience? Because a lot of people might be following you for, 
the booty pics and, you know, for the likes or for the, the instant sort of like dopamine hit or whatever it is in the brain that, that people sort of start to see. And it's like, is that, is that your customer? Is that who you're wanting to attract? Or is that just some guy? Like, are you getting likes from just some guy who just, you know, likes a picture of your, your butt, right? So, you know, making sure to stay relevant to your audience and, and, professional in a way is something that I sort of really struggled with you know being a physio I'm like okay I need to like you know have this image of professionalism on my page and things like that um and then I did this photo shoot and I started posting some of these photos and yes they did get more engagement to start with probably only because it was something different that I was posting the more I post it the more people sort of get used to it and the less engagement there sort of is but in between I'm still putting in those educational posts you know like that might just be sort of one post and the biggest feedback that I get from those posts is actually females and women and they're being really sort of supportive of the message that I'm sending out that the photos aren't necessarily like sexual in a way even though there's there tends to be little clothing on there and so it's like you know it's I guess you know I've gotten I've gotten or I've asked the question like what do you guys think about this and it's like you're practicing what you preach and you're showing you know what you've achieved with your hard work and things like that um but then again you know you can fall into the trap of like getting more likes getting more engagement and so you continue to post that and then you post something that's educational and it doesn't get as much engagement but from that like that's where it's going to come down to the people who are going to invest in you like they're going to invest in your education and things like that so you know making sure it's sort of relevant to that your audience that you're trying to attract right yeah I mean I don't think it like, yeah, they get more engagement, sick, awesome. <laughs> but for me, the real question is, um, and you have to think about it in terms, like I think about it very much like in terms of like how many people is that, am I, am I trying to help? So this is what I would do. How many people am I trying to help? Like what type of content do I put out to like help people? So we might do things like, um, you know, obviously we train women. So we talk about like periods, we can talk about menopause, we can talk about like just being body image, being strong as a woman. And, um, you know, we can talk about mums and how to kind of empower mums to, you know, maybe not necessarily lose themselves so much into motherhood or parenthood and still kind of be who they are. You know, there's lots of different kind of topics that we, that I would touch on on our socials. And, you know, we get a lot of messages from people and that sparks a conversation and then we can really help them. So for us, it's more about like posting photo, like, you know, I've never done the kind of shoot that, you know, you've done, you've done. (laughs) Um, So I don't really know posting that type of, those types of photos would get me like a bigger engagement. I don't know. Um, But I think content is really important in terms of, how you want to have a have a goal how many people can you help or you know whatever your goal is to get people into the your programs because you know that's what's going to help more people um and your and have more coaches that are that are teaching your systems um and then being able to like post content which is 
in alignment with that I think is really really important but also trying new things like you know if you're posting those photos to see like what happens and you know everyone's really super positive about it I think that's you know yeah no I mean it's definitely opened me up to a different audience like Mm. it's definitely you know um you know people who you know I mean being a physio it's like you know people ask me questions about injuries and things like that but you know the whole aesthetic side of things when it comes to uh, women who are wanting to, you know, compete or something like that. Like, I'll, I'll give that sort of reference, whereas it's like you don't have to go to extremes to look a certain way. Like, it's it's all about balance and it's all, it's all about um, doing it in a healthy way that's going to keep you pain-free. It's not going to, you know, obviously I educate on women's health a lot as well and it's like you don't need to necessarily lose your period or, you know, go to really low calorie extremes. There are better, more intelligent ways mm. to – and there's nothing – like, there's nothing wrong with, like, focusing on aesthetics, I think – um, you know, if it's sort of in a healthy way, that's sort of relevant to you, you know, like I, um, I think that, you know, it can be quite empowering. You don't need to necessarily get super shredded to do a photo shoot. I think like all women should do photo shoots, no matter what they sort of think they look like, Mm. because it can just, it, it gives you a different view of yourself. Like I wasn't super shredded or anything for it. It was just like, it was just like um, something that I wanted to do to feel better about myself. Um, and, you know, I wasn't actually necessarily going to post them, but a lot of people were just like, oh, you should post them. Like, And I was kind of curious as to see what would happen. So it was, it was sort of like a little bit of an experiment. Yeah. I mean, um, you have to find out what your niche is and how it works for you and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, I, and so now it's like I get a lot of people who – you know, have done that extreme, gone to the extremes, competed, dieted really far down, lost their periods, gotten crazy injuries and things like that. And it's like, and it's like, well, how can I do this without having to experience all those things? Um, and there was something else I was going to touch on, which I have forgotten now, but maybe it will come back to mm. me. I think oh, you helping oh. people. Sorry. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> the helping people thing. So, because like, I mean, I think, you know, the information is the information. Like, we can give out content. We can give out information. Mm. It's not necessarily new or necessarily different to what a lot of people are saying. But people follow you for your journey and for who you are as mm. well. So, you know, I mean, don't necessarily go and – and this is, like, for the coaches listening – is, like, don't necessarily go and, like, copy someone just to get engagement or just to get likes and, and – comments and followers and things like that share your journey and and share you know how and this is what you do with tone like your journey is you've been through that lots of cardio dieting thing and you want to help women in this way that that's your journey and people like they buy into you because it's it's like you know the the science is the science and the whatever but you know people resonate with different people and with their sort of message Mm. as well and so you know what is going to separate you from Mm. the next coach who's giving out the same information is basically you and your journey and the other thing that's pretty interesting is people always buy on emotion but they'll reason it with logic so you could give them the best 
most uh, like detailed, amazing nutrition and training program ever. But if they don't have any emotion attached to it, they're not going to do it. Or if they don't buy into you and your accountability systems, they're not going to do it. So in that sense, you know, I think you have to be able to, and people buy on connection as well. So, you know, if you are able to create an authentic kind of an account for yourself, um, which, yeah, tells your journey, tells your story. You know, people love stories. They love to hear, like, how did you get to where you were? Or how did you, like, how did you do this? And um, I think one thing was quite interesting is back in the day, I didn't think I really had a story, even though like, you know, I, I, I did. You were living it. Yeah, I was living it, girl. <laughs> um, so, you know, you have to kind of sit down and figure out what that story is because, you know, you've, you've, you've had struggles, you've done things um, that people will re- resonate with as well. And if you have kind of the courage and, authentic- and authenticity to, to tell it, then that's perfect vulnerability yeah and uh, I'm just thinking back we were talking about two things for your business I don't think we talked about the second one the first one was habits yeah. and so I'm just going to take it back to that now because we got a little bit off track which I love like I love going <laughs> to like deep rabbit holes like that and having those sorts of discussions so the second thing was um, I spent at the start like a lot of time on delivery so being able to deliver an amazing service and product but one of the big things if you're a coach I think is that you have to get better at sales and marketing Mm -hmm. it's just so crucial unless you have a team that you're going to employ to do it for you and you're going to be amazing at managing that team but sales and marketing is what drives your business Mm -hmm. and obviously like I'm just going to assume that you're really good at delivery me? No, just people. The people oh, listening. Right. Yeah. I'm going to assume you're you know great. Your craft. Yes, exactly. And sales and marketing isn't necessarily our craft no. as coaches. No. So we're not taught enough about that. Not at all. So that would be one thing that I would say, like invest in learning how to market and sell either yourself or your products, because the first two years of my business, like I had no idea, and that's probably that was what we were really lacking. So. Yeah. Any any top tips? Any takeaway tips? Um, it depends on a little bit what like you're selling, like if you're selling like online is very different to like our gym, for example. Um, but also it comes back to like systems, like you have to be consistent in your marketing. You have to be consistent in your sales. You have to find the systems that are going to work for you and then just follow them. So they're probably, they all, it all works together in a sense. So, you know, you have to have a big picture, I think, but you have to be good at like actually executing the details. Yeah. For sales, I would say that, I mean, I do a lot of online now. So, um, you know, I guess if you're working in a conventional or a big box gym, you know, sales can be kind of something you can skirt away with because you get that, you get that marketing and you get sales given, like you get clients given to you Mm. through the big gym. So that's kind of already done for you. But if you're going out on your own and you're, or perhaps online like sales um sales and marketing yourself can be you know really quite daunting i think for sales like the biggest thing that i would do in an online uh sense is if somebody asks me a question or if somebody asks me for coaching before i do anything i get them on a call and i talk Mm. to them face to face because i want to make sure that you know we are a good fit uh, to work together as well and it just gives a little bit more it, it makes things a little bit more personable it's not like you're you're just trying to sell them it's like you actually care about them mm. you're providing a service 
um, and you know you actually care about your clients. So it's it's not like you're just you, and it's not sleazy. It's not like like sell 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 sort of thing. Like, yeah, you don't want to be like car sales. Well, sorry, car salesmen, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sleazy car salesman maybe. Um, My dad was a car. Yes, salesman. <laughs> I just that realized that as I said it. I was like, oh. Um, but I mean, I mean, I learned a lot of this yeah. from my dad. Like he was in mm. sales. Like he was very, uh, very good at his job as a sales manager. And you know, he he has done a lot of education. Um, you know, in terms of sales, and it was never, it was it was always about creating yeah. relationships. Yeah. I think you know. And I mean, if you think about sales as just it's a exchange of value, um, then I think that it becomes a lot easier. You know, like you're you're exchanging your help and that's really valuable to them and they're obviously paying you for it, but it's just that exchange of, of two things that mean something to the other person and you're just creating a little relationship around it, which yeah. I think that's that's probably the best way to think about it. Exactly. Like, I mean, they need your help. You have the knowledge to provide that help. It's, it's not necessarily – like a lot of people feel guilty around – sales around that sort of thing as well or you know like they're not Mm. worth yeah worth what you know people are paying them so yeah but you have to think about you know sometimes I mean it depends on what the like kind of esoteric value is so something that's maybe a bit more lofty like what we sell which is like empowerment for women like you know that's almost priceless for a lot of people being going from someone who has very little self-esteem and self-love to feeling good in your body and you know being empowered and feeling strong and and loving yourself like you know I think that that like that's hard to put a price on Mm. um you might have had, be selling something more like a program where, you know, you're helping someone lose weight or um, get healthy, for example. And then you can say like, okay, well, you know, what's it going to mean to you to lose that that five kilos that, you you know, you need to lose for your health? Um, and that's also something that would just make their life so much better. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's more like, you know, you're trying to help people and it's just how can you get them to see that value yeah. in them for themselves. Yeah, and I think that that starts with you a lot as well. Like you need to see what you're doing as valuable. I Mm. mean, I struggled with it for a long time where I was like, uh, you know, like, am I charging too much? Are people going to pay this price? And it's like, I went to uni and studied for five years for Mm. this. Like, it's like, I spent over a hundred thousand dollars in my education Mm. fees. It's like, you know, I, I have a lot to offer and like, you know, you guys as coaches, you've, you've invested in like the AWPT program, like you have this knowledge, you know, you have this value, you you know, you can charge more and you can, you are an expert in Mm. this field basically and you need to see your value. Mm. I know everyone will see the value in it, which is fine, but that's where the marketing comes in to find the right people that will see the value in it. So, you know, you're always trying to like extend your network so that, you know, you find the people that, you know, really do value what you're, what you're offering. Um, your tribe as such, I think, you know. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I was going to bring it back to like the biggest tips for marketing as well. And we spoke about it before was that, you know, you are your point of difference. Like yeah. this is what I tell all my, all my mentors that I'm working with, with the um, social media stuff is like, you are your biggest point of difference. Like, you know, a lot of people get stuck in, oh, but everyone else is doing the same thing everyone else is giving out the same information it's like but they haven't had your journey they you know what may resonate with 
with you or with say a potential client might not necessarily resonate with the next the next coach and that's where it comes back to being authentic and creating relationships and things like that yeah it kind of reminds me like <laughs> so my partner um was training once or I, I i was training him or something don't ever train your partner it's a terrible idea or your family yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work out well anyway and i was like okay hey, you need to do these exercises you know we're going to open up your thoracics blah blah and he was like, oh, anyway, <laughs> six months later, he, he went to like another gym or something. And he came and he was like, oh, they gave me this exercise. So good. Like oh my back, my, my upper back feels so much better. And I was like, you're kidding me. I literally gave you that exact exercise six months ago. And you've been living with this like problem <laughs> because you didn't listen to me. But for whatever reason, that coach just resonated with him and he was able to get him to do it. I so. had the exact same experience with Glenn. So Glenn's my dad. <laughs> uh, and the car salesman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, ex now he's retired, but um i was telling him these things he could he was getting some symptoms he was having like headaches and like nystagmus in his eyes and like all these sort of weirdish things and i was telling him okay like you're really stressed i mean being a car salesman like you were an ex-car salesman he was super stressed and with his job because he had to hit targets and whatever you know each month and so you know he, he was starting to get all these symptoms and i was like you're just really really stressed like he had scans done he had um you know he was in hospital for a bit you know trying to figure out what was going on they couldn't really find anything so it's like you're just super stressed your net your nervous system is just like yeah overloaded and and you need to take some time out you need to do a little bit of mindfulness you need to do a bit of meditation and like i know it all sounds woo woo but um you know for someone who's you know type a up um you know on all the time you they're just like oh no, i don't need to do any of that no, no, no. anyway my best friend liz she is a real doctor not just a physio and anyway she's a real doctor and you know dad was telling her his symptoms and um and you know she goes you know it sounds like you're super stressed maybe you should try some mindfulness meditation relaxation uh techniques and i was like oh well same thing <laughs> like you know it's like they don't necessarily like you can't necessarily you know it doesn't necessarily uh, resonate with you or if it doesn't resonate with you it resonates with the next person and you know I've seen it like you know with my mentors and stuff like I might say something and then they'll say something and then you know those people will be like wow like this makes sense or like and you know I've done it too like I've had people come to me being like this person said this this way but you make so much more sense like it's sort of like mm. this loop like we're human beings we're not going to get along with everyone we're not going to um necessarily connect with everyone mm. and you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea so you know being authentic to you and you know you know if i have a, a really close friend as well who um you know she does the whole booty pick thing and like that's who she is like she's not she's not being fake she's not displaying a, a, a persona on social media like that's just her personality she loves doing that she gets great feedback from um from a lot of women and girls and things like that you know it makes her feel good um it's not hurting anyone else and so like you know she goes for that that's how she manages um you know her her audience and um you know that might not necessarily be for everyone you know if if you're um you know 
know, if you prefer to do something where, you know, more like videos or something that you're, that you're <laughs> like um, helping. What's going on? Is there something? I think, I think George is outside. Oh, okay. Sorry. Well, we will start wrapping this up anyway. I was just kind of rambling on a little bit, but Anyway, thank you so much for coming on the third, our third attempt at a podcast. Let's find out if there's a fourth. (laughs) We'll see if that sort of, um, yeah, I mean, I, if you guys liked this, if you enjoyed sort of the business sort of stuff, um, you know, I really love chatting like business mindset, uh, all these sort of things with Ellie. She has a really good, oh, there's a dog in the studio now. Hello. Hey, Bernie. Uh, yeah, let us know. And if there's anything else you want us to touch on or anyone else you want to get on the podcast, uh, let me know. But Ellie, thanks for joining thanks, me. Thanks, Kay. Thanks for having me. We'll see you later.